Welcome, Springhouse. We're glad that you're here this evening. If you're joining us online uh, tonight, thank you so much. Uh, I would announce that we have a new service time, but you guys know about it because you're here. And, uh, and so this is our uh, inaugural uh, service. This is the, our, our first launching uh, service. And I'm excited about this time together because I believe that God has some real special things for this particular time in this particular season. Um, our job is to make space and make room. His job is to fill that space, right? And so, uh, and I, we're just going to trust that he will continue to fill this space. And I, and I just want to thank you for coming this evening and, and being a part of this. And if you're joining on us online at this new service time, thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, we're, we're certainly glad that you're, you're here. We're in a new series. We actually started it last week, uh, a new series called Anchored, uh, called Anchored. And Pastor Ronnie uh, did a phenomenal job uh, uh, delivering uh, that, that message about read, Read the word, and and I pray, uh, I pray that somewhere that hits you in, in a place where you made a change. Because uh, when we talk about wanting to be anchored, I don't want to be anchored in anything else but the truth, uh, the truth of God's word. And so, uh, and so, we want to make sure that we're anchored in that. So, uh, our new service times ten thirty and, and six p.m. starting this week, and, and I'm glad you're here. We're going to read a familiar story, hopefully a familiar story. Would you stand with me? We'll read out of the book of Luke this evening. Let's read together. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And we're going to read one more scripture from the book of Psalms. He says, be still and know that I am God. Father, your word is active and alive, and I pray, Lord, that your word would change our lives tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may, you may be seated. Well, my message for tonight uh, to you all uh, is, is this. I, if you remember back in, in, in 2021, we did a, a simple series and we talked about some things that were simple, uh, but not easy. This is going to be one of those, those messages, I believe, that is simple, but not easy but if we do it, it will change our lives, okay? It's simple, it's not easy, but if you do it, it will change, it will change your life. Do you all know that we live in a busy culture? We live in a lifestyle that is perpetually busy. We are busy, 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 busy. Go, 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 go. We want things fast. We want things now. We want things quick. Uh, and it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a culture, man, where we are going. When we're supposed to be going 40 miles an hour, we end up finding ourselves going 80. And we're, and we're finding ourselves, have you ever, okay, I'm about to be transparent here, okay, because I'm the best driver in the, no, I'm not. I'm not even close, okay. Okay. Uh, have you ever been in a car and you're driving and uh, it, you feel as if you're going the speed limit, but you might be going just a hair over the speed limit? And when you slow down to go the speed limit, it feels like you're going snail's pace. 
Okay, let me tell you, if you feel like you're going snail's pace when you're going the speed limit, it means you're going over the speed limit too much. Okay, uh, I, 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 I've been in that. I've been in that boat uh, too many, too many times, unfortunately. Uh, but but we are a busy culture. We just move and we move, and, and and we're a culture that the faster the better. We don't no wait time. We want microwave meals. We want the drive-through, and if that's not fast enough, we got a double drive-through. Too slow? Just order your food out and have it delivered to you with DoorDash or Uber Eats. We have high-speed internet. And we want free Wi-Fi with our internet, online grocery shopping, entertainment on demand. Don't tell me I can't watch that show. I want it now. So we buy it on Hulu and Netflix. Instant download, 24-hour news. Nobody has a house phone because we all have a cell phone. And the cell phone is connected to our hips 24 hours a day. Instant coffee, instant rice, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Amazon Prime, two-day two shipping. And if that's not quick enough, you get Amazon now, two-hour shipping. Quicken Loans, the lottery, ordering through ads, FaceTime. I want a relationship without the trust, without the commitment, without the respect. You want that? No. I want a relationship without those things, so why don't you just swipe left or swipe right? And a lot of us, our relationship with the Lord has been reduced to the same as a swipe wipe, right, swipe left relationship. We are moving so fast. We are going so fast. And I believe that the Lord wants us to be anchored in him this year. But as I began to get into where God was taking us this year, he began to say, Kevin, you're not ready. You're not ready to be anchored in me. You like the thought of being anchored in me, but you're not willing to go through the process it's gonna take to truly be anchored into the deep places, into the deeper things that I have for you. And in order for us to get there, we're going to have to evaluate the things that are in our lives, the things that we have picked up, the things that we have grabbed hold of, and the things that we have filled our lives up, up with. We are so into the, inundated into this, this fast culture that it has crept in to our lives as believers. We want a connection with the computer more than we want accountability. We want to be seen rather than serve. We want the platform and be recognized instead of the process. We want the deliverance without the discipleship. We want success without stewardship. We want more likes than we want to learn the lessons. We want more wealth than we want wisdom. Deep places with God is what we really want, but we don't want to have to do anything to really get into the deep places with him. You think you're ready for the deep, but you're barely surviving in the shallow. God wants to take you to deep places in him, but it's going to take an evaluation of your life, of your life. So January 1st has just come and gone. How many have made a resolution and have already broken it? Anybody? Day one? Yep. Okay. Uh, a lot of times in, uh, in, our, in our lives on January 1, we reevaluate our priorities. You see, what happens in our life is we have our, our life and what we do in our life is we take, we take our life and we, 
And, and what happens is we get things out of line and out of kilter. And, and as we look at our life, we have the small frivolous things and we, we tend to put those in first. Now, these would be the selfish needs, the things that would take priority in our life that we would say, you know, these are really important to me, but in the grand scheme of things, nobody ever really notices them. This would be, uh, this would be uh, going on social media, surfing the web, doing the hobbies, things like that. And we put those in our, in our life at the, very, at the very first. And then maybe some, some bigger things, maybe some, uh, some larger things that might make a little bit more uh, difference in our life. You know, we might go on a diet or something and, and be looking at uh, our, our weight and, and health and those types of things. Maybe that's a little bit more important thing. So we add that to our life. And so we pour that into our, our, our life and we start to fill our things. And then January 1st comes around and we say, okay, I've got to look at the priorities in my life, you know, and so the major, the major things. And so we start to pull out these major things and we say, okay, uh, uh, community is real important in my life. That's a, that's a pillar. I want to, I want to drop that in and make sure that I get that. Um, I want to make sure that my marriage is, 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 is in there, you know, because that should be a, a priority. Uh, maybe I'm doing some extra measures to have good spiritual, mental, emotional, physical health. Uh, I want that to be in there. Uh, you know, I think it's a really good thing to serve. So I want that to be real solid. So I want that to, to be a part of, of, my, of my life. And, and so we, we keep looking at things and, and you know, I've got I've to work to be able to earn a, a living. But man, this is starting to overflow. Uh, I, I somehow, time with God, we'll just set that aside. I might be able to do time with God at another time. Um, uh, let's see here, family. Um, maybe I could squeeze my family in right here. Uh, that might work. Let's see here. Um, going to church, you know, I'll do every other month uh, church. We'll just set that right there. Um, can't really uh, uh, read the Bible. I'll have that read to me by the pastor. Uh, rest, uh, rest. I, I don't really have time to rest, you see there. you know. So we got all of these things and, and, and all of this is supposed to be the priority, but look at our life. We can't fit everything in there that we're trying to do. And we wonder why we're worried, why we're confused, why we don't have the answers. But upon evaluation and considering the things that are really important in our life, if we take our life and we place the things that are priority first, we might be able to accomplish more. And so you know what, maybe I did listen to Pastor Ronnie's message last week and, and maybe I do need to, reading the Bible is going to be important to me and, you know, if I'm going to read the Bible anyway, I might as well go to church and, 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 and learn, learn there too. And uh, time with God, that kind of goes hand in hand with that. So I'll put that in there. Um, yeah, I, you know, rest is important. You know, I want, I want to put that in my, in my life as well. Uh, yeah, my family can go in and I need to, I need to have work. And I, I think I will go back and serve in children's ministry. And I want to, I want to have health, health, uh, a part of it, my marriage, uh, and, and my community. Okay. So now I've got all my priorities straight. I've got all of that in there. It fits into, into my life. And, but you know, I still like some of these things that, you know, are, are not as big as those priorities, but I still like some of these things that, that I've, placed in my life. And so I think I'm going to try to filter those in as well. And wow, I mean, it looks like I'm, I'm, looks like I'm able to do those things. Okay. Yeah. Oh, here we go. All right. These things are, are fitting in here now, just like this. All right. Excellent. Well done. Okay. Yeah. Now I can, I can do that. Oh, and what about those small frivolous, you know, those small things, you know, uh, maybe I can pour those in here now. Wow. Interesting how this works. When I, when I make the main thing the main thing, 
the priorities in my life are in the right order, wow, I can fit all of the things that I desire in my life. And it all fits. So all these things fit. And it's great. And here we are, and we pride ourselves almost arrogantly that we have fit everything in. I've got it all made. I've got my life together. It's right here. I'm spending time with my wife, with the Lord. I got all the things I want. I get to eat big bowls of macaroni and cheese anytime I want. It's all in here. It's all a part of my life. And I am content and I am happy. But I've got a question for you. Because this is great. We can fit all this stuff in here. But let me ask you a question. What happens when this guy comes along? This is the unexpected. And what happens when the unexpected is just as important as those bigger priorities that are in your life? What if this unexpected thing is something that is just as, as weighty as the, as the bigger things that are in your life? Look, I mean, it doesn't fit. It doesn't, it doesn't fit. I believe that sometimes, a lot of the times, the Lord wants to move in unexpected ways, but we can't really receive from the Lord in these unexpected ways because our life is filled to capacity. And I believe that what the Lord wants to do is to talk to us, church, about what we're filling our life with, but understanding that your life is not meant to be filled to capacity. Nothing in this jar is necessarily wrong. It all fits within the 24 hours you've been given per day. But just because you have the room for it doesn't mean it's supposed to be there. Because when the unexpected comes along, you don't have any bandwidth or any room to process or to grow or to receive the things that God wants you to receive. My family and I just recently went on a vacation. And one of the things that I like to do on vacation, you can call me weird, it's, I've been called worse, uh, is bingo. I like to play bingo because I like to win prizes. Anybody like bingo? Okay, I'm not the only weird one, thank you. And uh, I like to win prizes, so my family will go and we'll play bingo. And they had several sessions of bingo throughout our trip and I wanted to go play and we had played the first one and the second one and the third one. I made sure we were there. And as you get on into the week, the prizes get better. And so we missed the morning. On the last day, we, there was a morning afternoon session. We missed the morning one. And I was determined we were going to that game of bingo. And so I told my family, everybody knew. Didn't matter. I didn't care what else we did on the day. But come three o'clock, we're going to play bingo. You understand? I'm laying down my whatever I have to lay down. I'm laying that down, okay? Laying down the law, okay? And so... My daughters are getting ready, all this stuff, and three o'clock rolls around, and it's time for bingo, okay? Now, you get to go there 15 minutes beforehand and get all situated and whatnot, and so Sherry's doing one of the girls' hair, and, and they're not ready to go, but I grabbed it off, I said, I'm going to bingo, and I will save you some seats. And so I grabbed her, we went down the elevator, and when we got to the bingo place, this is what I found. Venue at capacity. And I was 
frustrated because I had worked up inside myself the desire to want to play bingo so bad that missing it was not an option. And so I looked inside the venue and I saw some open seats and I thought I could slide right in there. I could slide up against the wall. We were there on time. There was no reason for them to not let us in. But the truth of the matter was, is no matter what I said, how frustrated I got, no matter what I did, I wasn't going into that place because the venue was at capacity. Do you know that sometimes in your life, it is good for you to be told no? It is good for us to be told no. When we are told no to something that we really, really want, it develops character within us. And if you are in an ongoing process to become like Jesus Christ, (laughs) some of us need to be told no way more often than we are told because he's developing things. When you're told no and some things start shooting out of your mouth that are not becoming of a Christian, if you know what I'm saying, okay, you are in process, right? You are in process. And God wants to work those things out of you because from the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks, right? And so in our story today, we are looking at Martha and Martha opens her home. She opens her home. Now, I don't believe that Martha was expecting a visit from Jesus. She, she chose to open her home to him, but I don't think that she was expecting a visit because it says that she was distracted by the preparations that were, that were happening for Jesus when he was coming, when he was coming by. And so if, if she had known that he was coming, she would have already done the preparation, right? So she was in the middle of doing the preparation. And so Martha is there, and I can just picture Martha responding in such a passive aggressive way. Have you ever had somebody in your house just so upset and they're just slamming stuff, you know, just walking by hoping you will notice that they're just slamming and bumping into things and you're not saying anything to them. And all of a sudden I can just see Martha just, it just rising up to the top and all of a sudden it just spews out. Jesus, don't you see? I am walking, running around here doing all of the work by myself and Mary is sitting there like a lazy dog. Won't you make her get up and help me? You see, here's the thing. I believe that we get to a place where we end up inviting Jesus in, but we don't have the capacity to hear what he's actually saying to us. We get to the place where we open the door and we say, God, I'm gonna let you come in. I invite you in, but I've got other things to do. I want to be able to put on the t-shirt to say that you came by and visited me, but I don't want to do anything about the things you're trying to tell me to change in my life because I don't got time for that. And so when he comes and we don't have that time, what we do is we end up getting upset with what he's doing in other people's life. Why do they get the blessing? Why, why are they, why, why do they get, I'm working my tail off over here. Why are they getting what I deserve? And we start to respond out of our flesh because we haven't allowed him to work the flesh out of us. And so we invite him in, but we don't really have the capacity for us to, to listen to everything he has to say. So I believe we're faithful to church. We're faithful to be here. You're here tonight. And maybe you're here tonight because 
It's a priority to be here. But your life looks like this. And so you've got an hour and a half to receive whatever it is the Lord wants to give you. Other than that, you're out of here. And that's why when Pastor Ronnie gives an excellent word like last week, I do believe that there were people who were listening to read the word and they were challenged and people were thinking, you know, I really need to do this. I really want to do this. But because of your capacity to receive, you walked out the door and you forgot everything about it. And here you are again this week and you haven't opened the word. Guys, we're not here on Sunday to give you nice little sound bites for you to applaud and say, ooh, that sounds so good, and then go home and do nothing about it. We're here because we need to grow. We need to become more like him. And we need to evaluate our capacity to receive everything that he has for us. And so when our lives look like this, we wonder why we are so confused. Do you know that the pandemic among the Christian population caused more confusion and chaos than anything that I've been a part of in my lifetime? Do you know that when you are anchored in truth, there is no such thing as confusion? When you're anchored in truth, it is crystal clear. But Christians, do you know that that's part of the signs of the end times that the enemy is going to have Christians come against Christians, that there's going to be confusion, that there's going to be, there's going to be people coming against each other, that, that, that what seems to be truth is not going to be truth, and what is, is not truth, what seems that's not truth is actually going to be truth. You know, it's going to be confusing, but it's not going to be confusing to those who are grounded in the truth and are listening to the Holy Spirit. This is why in 2022, I want our church to be anchored in truth. Because I don't want us to be out there in the world confused about what's going on. I want us to know clearly what it is that God's saying to us. And it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse out there in the world. But he has given us the answer. I was reading something earlier today that was talking about God's will for our lives. Do you know that whenever I go to my children, I don't go to them and I, say, I don't go to them and say, I hope you figure out what makes me happy. I don't go to, I tell them what makes me happy. I want them to succeed. Do you know that your heavenly father wants you to succeed? His will for your life is very apparent. It is right there for you, ready for you to grab a hold of if you'll just listen, but not only if you, not only if you have an hour and a half for him, If he only gets a little inch of your life, there's no room to process. And for some of us, and I hate, I'm so sorry if this seems just so weighty, but for some of us, we come into this place for an hour and a half and that we have slowed down enough sitting here that our mind is racing about all the things we did last week, all the things we got to do this week, that the end of the service comes and you have no idea what was said. But we have live streams, so you can go back and listen to it again, Okay. When Jesus was walking around the earth, when he was here, he was not agenda driven. It wasn't like he got up in the morning and said, I got a leper to heal at 10 o'clock and then I'm going to 11 o'clock. I'm going to go deal with the demon possessed man. 1230, I think I might break some bread with some friends. He didn't have that type of agenda. You know, Jesus got up each morning. I believe he got up each morning. He said, dad, what do you want to do today? And Jesus had a general direction. Do you notice in scripture, if you read about Jesus' life, he was always going somewhere or he's passing through something. And then the story, the climax of the story is what happened on his journey. Because he had the capacity 
to stop and deal with what was coming his way. He had the capacity to deal with the unexpected. When the Holy Spirit meets you in unexpected ways, do you have the capacity to deal with what he's telling you, with what he's doing in you? Some of you have dormant gifts in your life that God wants to resuscitate and bring to life, but you don't have the capacity the time, the bandwidth to do anything about those things, unexpected things he wants to bring about in your life because your life is so full right here. And you are so proud because you got everything worked out the way it's supposed to be. And you're in control. Your life should be driven by direction, not by agenda. Your life should be driven by direction, not agenda. So that when you wake up on Monday, you have the capacity. You know what? One of the unexpected things that happened to me this week, and I tend to, I tend to run like this. Guys, this is just as much for me as it is for you. I tend to run like this. You know what one of the unexpected things was for me this week? It's a little blonde-headed uh, nine-year-old whom I love, and I call my daughter calling me in the middle of my work session here at the church, calling me and say, Daddy, will you come play in the snow with me today? And if I don't have the capacity to be able to say, absolutely, I'm on my way, then I've got too much going on in my life. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? There are God moments happening around us all the time. And if we had the capacity to receive and learn from and hear from the Lord in those unexpected ways, the testimonies in this house would be rampant. They would be everywhere. We would have to shut down our flow of the service just to hear the testimonies of what God is doing in people's lives. But we got to have the capacity to do it. God is not going to be boxed in he is not going to be boxed in to what you think is best. We give God a place in our life and we expect him to move in with that boundary. And God is just sitting out here and he's saying, you know what, when you give me the capacity to move, then I'll move. So you keep carrying around that ball that says time with God. Pastor Rami talked about reading the word last week. I know I've referenced that many times because the word is what we want to be anchored in. But one of the most poignant things that he said about that was going into a time of the word and saying, Holy Spirit, I want you to teach me something as I read. If you only give him a margin of five minutes. Now, not to say the Holy Spirit can't move in five minutes, but imagine what would happen if you said to the Lord, Lord, I'm going into your word and I've got other things on my agenda today. But God, I want to hear from you. And if you want to somehow take care of those other things, I'm all right with that. What would happen if minutes turned into hours? If minutes turned into hours with the Lord, do you think it would supersede anything else that you were trying to get yourself into for the day? In 2009, I went on a trip to Ireland with my friend uh, Dustin. And my friend Dustin and I, we are kind of like oil and water. I don't know if you've got any relationships in your life, life where you are friends, but it's just like, you just clash, you know? And I don't know why I decided to go uh, overseas with a friend who I clashed with like this, but I did. And it was a spontaneous thing. And we found a real cheap flight. And we went and guess what? We didn't have any plan. We did not plan the trip. We just said, we're going to get on a plane. We're going to go to Dublin. And then when we get there, we'll figure it out. And let me tell you, we spent about three hours on the Dublin airport just trying to get out because we had no idea what we were doing or where we were. 
And so we went through the trip and there was one thing on this trip that I wanted to do. It was just one thing I wanted to do. And it was for Dustin and it was for his birthday. He wanted to see, he, he, had, he had looked up and one of the things he wanted to see was this place. This place is called Scalig Michael. Might look familiar for you if you're a Star Wars fan because they filmed Star Wars recently there. Um, but before that, it was certainly not commercialized. It was a remote little rock island on the west coast of, of Ireland. And I wanted to take him to this place. And so I was really determined to, to take uh, Dustin to this, to this rock island because that's what he wanted to do for his birthday. And so um, we had been at odds with each other. And I'll spare you all the details of why we're at odds with each other. It's kind of funny now, but uh, we're, we're there uh, the morning of his birthday. And I wake up and I decide to put away all frustrations. It is your birthday. We're going to go to Scaling Michael. Get up. Happy birthday. We're going to go to Scaling Michael. Oh, okay. What? What? We're going to go to Scaling Michael. Get up. And so he gets up and we, we get dressed and, uh, and we go and, and he just, we weren't, we should have been a bit more enthusiastic about getting up and going. And so when we got to where the bus was, the bus was already pulling out and we were going to miss the bus. And so if you know anything about me, I'm the type of person that wants to make things happen. So I dropped my bag and I took off and I made a beeline, a beeline to the bus. And I just ran and I ran and I ran and I ran and I made it to the bus and I said, hey, listen, my friend and I, we want to buy a ticket. Can you hold on? And man, the Irish people there are so nice. And he turned that big bus around. And then when I got off the bus, I turned around and I saw Dustin and he is still a mile off where I left my bags. And I was, and I, of course, I'm thinking he has picked up my bag and he has come to where, no, he's sitting right there. I said, Dustin, come on. We're going to let us on the bus. They're going to let us on the bus. And he just shakes his head. No. What do you mean, No. Dustin, let, come on, they're going to let us on the bus. No. He was too embarrassed by the scene that I made by stopping the bus. And so I had to get back on the bus. Now I was completely embarrassed. And I said, hey, I'm so sorry. He, he doesn't want to come over here. So I let the bus go. And I just, I went back to Dustin. I was so upset. He's like, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go get on the bus. You were, you, you were, you embarrassed me. You, you, you made the situation situation. Uh, you illuminated the situation, all that stuff. So in order to go to Scaling Michael, I had to pay quadruple the amount of the bus trip for us to go in a taxi cab to go see Scaling Michael. So I did that. We saw, we saw gorgeous Ireland going through all of, all of those roads. And we get out to Port McGee and we get on a boat. And I remember there was a lighthouse there and there was a restaurant and the restaurant was connected to where the boat was docked from. And I think there were maybe two or three houses. There was nothing. Outside of that, it was just hill, hills and, and nothing else. And my friend Dustin, uh, he was, um, it wasn't that he didn't know the Lord, but he wasn't actively, you know, you know, people that like wear the t-shirt, but they're not living for the Lord, that type of thing. You know, he, he was, he had a rocky relationship with the Lord, wasn't really keen on, on uh, really pursuing the Lord wholeheartedly at this point in his life. And so we ended up going on this, uh, this adventure out to Skate Michael. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. We did the whole thing and we come, we come back and we decided to eat in the restaurant. And after we eat in the restaurant, we, um, we go to the bus stop and uh, we've missed the bus. Now this is a small little, little, little town and there are no taxis coming through. And we've got to catch our flight to go home the next morning at 6 a.m. We are four and a half hours away from Dublin and it's four in the afternoon. And so... I start to panic. What are, what are we going to do? What, what are we going to do? 
And Dustin, in his wonderful, sarcastic way, begins to give me every type of wonderful comment under his breath and out loud to say how horrible of a person I am that I've created this whole situation. And so it just infuriates me and I get real upset. And all I know, how, all I know to do is to grab my stuff and just start walking just to start walking. And so I start walking. And as, I, as I'm walking to, to just, I guess, to nowhere, I'm walking in the direction of, of Dublin. I'm walking and I'm praying to the Lord. I'm saying, Lord, I don't know anyone in Ireland. I don't even know how to communicate here to, to people. I know my cell phone's not working. I don't know what we're going to do. Lord, you have to get us out of this. And I'm going and he is behind me and he is just shouting. He's doing limericks and songs to make fun of me and all of these things to, to exasperate the situation. And so I'm just, I'm walking, I'm, I'm, I'm walking and I pick up a stone. I pick up a stone. And when I pick up the stone, I say, God, you have got to get us out of here. And the Lord said, Kevin, I'm gonna take care of you, but I want Dustin to ask me to do it. And I was so ticked off at the Lord. I was so upset because I, I, I did not feel like going and turning around and talking to Dustin. He was, he was making me so angry. And he said, if Dustin asks me, I will help you. And so I turned around, which caught Dustin off guard, which he stopped. I had a stone in my hand. I wanted to throw it at his face. But I made a beeline toward him and I walked and I went right back to him and he's just standing there. He doesn't know what I'm about to do. And I take the stone and I put it in his hand and I say, Dustin, the Lord told me that he would get us out of the situation if you prayed and asked. And he laughed in my face. And so I turned around, infuriated, turned around, kicking the dirt, just walking, just so upset. And I continue to walk and about five minutes has passed and just distance continued to grow between Dustin and me because I didn't want to hear what was coming out of his mouth. And out of nowhere, in about five minutes time, a car pulls up right beside me out of nowhere. And I look in it and Dustin is in the back seat. And I open the door and I get in and I'm looking at him and he's got his hand in the middle of the seat. And when I look at him, I'm like, what? And he looks down at his hand and in his hand is the stone that I gave him to say, he asked the Lord and the Lord provided now, let me ask you something. What was more important in that story to the Lord? Was it getting us home or was it for my buddy Dustin to have an encounter with him? Because we were in a situation where we had the capacity to hear, we had nowhere else to go. We were just walking. We were just out there. God not only had an encounter with Dustin, but he provided for my need. God will do the exact same thing with you. If you have the capacity to allow him to move, he will do that. And just like in our story, worship team, you can come out. Just like in our story, it was like God is saying, just like he said to Martha, Kevin, you are so worried about this situation. You're so worried about getting out of here. You're so worried about the details of what's going on. Hold on. You are focused on the wrong thing. Only one thing is really needed here. We have to have space for God to move. And God wants to move you from the shallow into the deep. But the question is, are you ready? And before we can be ready, before we can be ready, before we try to make capacity, here's the deal. You've heard messages before centered around Sabbath rest that are similar to this. 
You've heard messages where you got to get your priorities in line. You got too much going on. You've heard these things before. This is not epiphany. Remember I said this was going to be simple, but not easy, but it will change your life. Here's, here's the part I want you to understand. This is, this is, if of anything you've heard, this is, I really want you to grab this, okay? There is a healthy process to undo what is already done. This is very important. Because it's real easy for you to walk away from a message like this today and decide, just like you got yourself in this position, to decide to take control and say, oh, it's just easy. It's easy for me to do that. Okay, I'm good. What you want to do, God? But when we take control and try to create the capacity ourselves, there's a bunch of people in this mix that get hurt. Because what we tend to do is we hear a message and we're like, you know what, God, you're right. I've got too much going on in my life. I've committed to serve kids ministry. I'm gonna go tell Pastor Kim today, I quit. But God's saying, no, I want you to finish your commitment. You've been working a job for 10 years and, you're, and, and all of a sudden you've got an epiphany that you've got too much going on in your life and you've been doing the same thing for 10 years, but all of a sudden it's your employer's fault for putting too much on you. No is that you've put too much in your fluff time of your life and now you're wanting to blame shift everybody else for the time that you don't have. And so what happens is, is if you want to make the change of changing the capacity of your life, the only true response here that we have, friends, is this, we've got to surrender. We've got to get to a place where we say, God, I, I, I filled my life too much. I've got too much stuff. And before I make a bigger mess of what the mess I've already got, I just need to let go and let you do this thing. And you might be saying, you know, I'm in a situation, Kevin, where it's hard. I, I made a mistake. I should have never committed to X, Y, and Z. I should have never done that. You know what? That's okay. You know what? You know how remarkable God is, is when you say, God, would you give me the strength I need to finish what I started? And he will meet you where you are and he will do remarkable things. Sometimes he'll even get you out of that commitment, but it won't be anything that you did. But this is key to going deep in the Lord. This is key to being anchored in the deep things. And you can't surrender in a posture like this. What is it when a policeman comes and holds a gun up and you've got to be in the surrender position like this, right? We need to get like this with God. God, my hands are off. I have, made, I, I have made enough of a mess of my life. My hands are off. God, would you give me the strength tomorrow? God, I know that my life is not going to be perfect and I'm not going to have every bit of capacity that I need on Monday morning, but I'm going to take the next step and I'm going to say, I surrender to you. And I'm going to trust you with the details. And I'm not going to say yes to one more thing unless I know your Holy Spirit has told me to. And I'm going to listen to your voice clearly. And I'm going to go in the direction you want me to go. And I'm going to trust that you're going to send the people along the way that, need, that I need to help me in this process. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? This is a process to empty yourself out. God will never ask you to do something and then tell you to go and do it on your own. He will ask you to do something and he'll say, will you let me do it? Because you don't have the strength to do it. 
Can you let me be in control? Can you, can you let me order your life? I promise it will be so much better than you could ever imagine. It's not going to be isn't it? It's going to be a process. The process sometimes is going to hurt, but here's the thing. Few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Only one. Mary has chosen what is better. I invite you today to choose what is better. Sit at Jesus' feet. Surrender to Him. Let Him have your life and see what He can do with it. And if you will surrender, you will find yourself out there in the middle of an ocean of grace anchored in Him in truth. And the world can't do anything to you. The world can't touch you. And you're going to get revelation upon revelation and testimony upon testimony. And He will use you to do mighty things to advance His kingdom that you never even thought were possible if you will just be still and know that he is God and you are not. Would you stand with me tonight? When we choose what is better, we can be guaranteed that it will not be taken away. Let's worship.